This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. We are so glad that you're here this morning at the River Church, and um, we are going to be continuing kind of a new series that we're doing. And, and if you were here last week, um, last week was probably one of the most encouraging sermons I have ever given. No? Yes? Maybe? Last week, we talked about the fact that the end is near. We talked about the fact that sooner or later, we're all going to (laughs) die. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back, listen to that on the podcast, because it's important that you hear that one so you can know where we're at and share it with your friends. They all need that same encouragement, man. The end is near. The end is near. Like Chicken Little, man. What you going to do about it? What you going to do? But really what we talked about was we all have a finite amount of time in our lives. And so what we want to do, because we have a finite amount of time in our lives, we want to take the time that we have and focus on first things first. We want to take the time that we have and focus our time and energy on what matters most. And what we talked about last week is that those things are the eternal things. And so we want to focus our hearts on what matters most. And then we don't want to wait. We want to do it right now. We want to do it now. And we looked at something that Peter talked to us about. And Peter encouraged us. He said, hey, the end of all things is near in one way or the other. The end of all things is near. And so he said, here's the three things that you need to focus your lives on because the end is near. One, you need to focus your life on experiencing and knowing God. You need to focus your life on the people that matter most, the people that he's placed around you, the relationships he's placed around you. And you need to focus your life on finding the purpose that he has given you the purpose, the way that he has designed you, the gifts that he has given you, and living those out, being a good steward of those gifts that he has given you and the the purpose that he has given you in life. And today we're going to kind of continue on in that train of thought. And our kind of our, our verse for this series is Psalm 90, verse 12, says, Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we might develop wisdom in our hearts. And that's, that's kind of our theme is our days are numbered and we want to prioritize and organize what God has given us for his honor and his glory that we live a life worth living. And if you look at the psalmist, he says we need to prioritize our days, how we spend our days so that we can develop wisdom. And we need wisdom to do that. And we talked about last week that wisdom isn't more knowledge, right? Oftentimes we think that I've got to know more, know more, know more. That's wisdom. Wisdom is not more knowledge. Like I know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff and they live very stupid, right? Wisdom is not more knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. And we've all experienced that with somebody in our lives, or maybe you've gone to them and talked to them about some advice, right? And as they gave you some advice, you realize that they didn't necessarily apply that advice to their own lives. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You look at their like, you're telling me to do this, but you're not even doing this yourself. And what I would say is don't be too hard on them because it's easier said than done. That's that's why, um, that's why in Proverbs, you see Solomon talking over and over how, about how wisdom is more valuable than gold. Wisdom is more valuable than jewels because it's so rare. It's so hard to come by it. But we want to live our lives. We want to learn to live our lives with this wisdom. So how do we do that? How do we number our days and take in what God has given us to honor him and glorify him 
with our lives? How do we keep from, if you're here last week, that illustration from being like that weaver's being, that, that, it's that thing that's a weaver's weave, wow, weave, and it's a tool that's used to develop cloth, like takes some, takes thread and makes cloth and clothing. And it says that it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And Job said it goes and goes and goes like this. And then eventually when the cloth is made or the shirt's made or whatever, they just snip the cord and take it off and it's done. And he said, for so many of us, that's going to be our lives. We're just going, going, no real direction, no real aim. Don't really know what we're doing. We're just going like crazy, 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 crazy. And one day the cord snipped, they take it off and it's just over. How do we keep from that being the story of our lives? How do we stop that from being you and me, right? And so we're going to talk about maybe how we can do that today. And in order to do that, I'm going to talk about rocks. Rocks. I want to illustrate how we're going to do that with some rocks. Anybody know where I'm going with this? Anybody nervous? Maybe I might throw a couple pebbles at you. These rocks here, they illustrate the things that we do in our lives. And these right here, these pebbles, if anybody has a fish tank, I can give you these afterwards. They're for your aquarium. These pebbles here illustrate the things that we do in our lives, the things that take up time in our lives. They're not bad things. They're not inherently good things, but they're just things, right? And so if it's, I don't know, shopping, it's for me, it's not so much shopping, but it's more like fantasy football. It's um, watching the Cowboys. It's a lot, like half this jar is Netflix for me. You know what I'm talking about? Like a lot of Netflix here. And it's just the things that just kind of take up your time. It's, it's the ways, like this right here is just, it's like a minute. It's, 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 it's something you do, but maybe it's not that important, right? But it's just, it's just there. And then we have these things. These are, these are the big rocks of life. These are the things that matter the most. And, and here we have, this is our lives, this is our time, and these things take up so much of our time. And then, and then we look at these big rocks, and we say, all right, now I'm going to fit in maybe some of these big rocks in our lives. And of course, this one is God because he's most important. And then this, this second big rock here is going to be family. And let's see if I can fit these in here a little bit better. Family, right here, you got, got that one. Um, you know, right here, I don't know, maybe, maybe the church. I would say the church is a pretty important one for me. Here's my, oh, almost lost a rock. That's my community group. Sorry, men's group. You're, you're not the biggest rock, but you're definitely a rock. Um, you know, got that, you know, life just being an adventure. I want to serve somewhere. So finding a place to serve and, you know, just all these important things that we try to spend our time and spend our lives on. And I don't know if you're noticing the same thing I'm noticing, but all these rocks don't fit in this jar. You're like, Mike, you should have bought a bigger jar. You should have tested this out before, right? They all don't fit in the jar. And some of you guys, you're looking at this jar right now, and you're going, that's my life. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel every single day. There's all these big rocks, these, these big important things in my life that I just don't feel like there's enough time to get them all in. Like if I could just have more time in the day, if I had more energy, if I had more, you name it, right? Then I could just fit it in the jar. But they're like, you're like, you're looking at this like, this is the frustration of my life. There's just never enough time. There's never enough to get in all the big things, the important rocks. And what I would say is, that's because you're out of order. It's because the way that we order our lives matters. And what I want to say to you today, and I would encourage you to write this down, is that order does not happen by accident. Order is intentional. Order is intentional. 
And so maybe if we take these rocks, and maybe just for a minute, if I had another jar somewhere, oh, look at this, I just happen to have another jar. Look at that. And I take out these big rocks, and maybe we try to reorder just a little bit. I hope this works. Maybe we just reorder things a little bit. Like we take God, you know, that's the biggest rock. We'll put that one in there. Family, my, my biggest rock outside of Jesus. You know, fantasy football? No, that's not a big. That's not a big rock. That's not a big rock. We just put in these other big rocks that, well, they matter. You know, these are these are what life is about. These are the the biggest pieces of our lives. These are what make life beautiful. Put these in here. Hope this works. Now let's add in some fantasy football. Yeah. Now we add in some shopping for the ladies and men. Don't discriminate. Netflix, 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 Netflix. Netflix. Almost got all the Netflix. Almost there, almost there. Look at that, look at that. Uh Uh-oh, lost one. Maybe we shake this up a little bit. Somebody's going to have to do some cleaning today. Look at that. Almost all of the rocks fit. (laughs) Would you just look at that? Why? Because order is important. Because order matters. Because order is something that doesn't happen by accident. Because the way that we order our lives must be intentional. And I know that maybe this is a silly little illustration, but it's it's a truth that we all know, but we live our lives, we live our lives, we live our lives, and sometimes we forget to live it out. Like, that's why I gave you that challenge last week, again, if you were here, where I said, let's list out, make a list of your priorities, the things that you would say are the big rocks in your life, and then look at your checkbook, look at your calendar, and see if what you say is most important to you is actually the thing that you spend your most time and most money on, your most, your resources on Some of us would look at that and say, man, my life is a little bit out of whack. Some of you might say that doesn't quite add up, and that's because some of us, our lives are out of order. And what we need to do is we need to come back to the drawing table, and we need to be intentional about putting what matters most in our lives first, about what the big rocks in my life are and where they need to be in my life. And some of us, myself included, a lot of the times, needs to have a come to Jesus meeting with Jesus and ask him and ask him to redefine in our hearts what are most important. Because the way we order our lives matters. And it matters because order does a few things for us. But one of the things that the way we order our lives does is it communicates priority to everyone around us. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you spend your energy, what you spend those things on first communicates priority to everyone around you, including God. Anybody in here ever had a job review? You know what I'm talking about? I never had. I'm my own boss. I do what I want. (laughs) Not really. Sometimes. Anybody ever ask someone to tell you how you're doing on stuff? Like, hey, how am I doing at my job? How am I doing at this? You know what I'm talking about? If you ever do that and you ask them to be honest with you, just be prepared. (laughs) Let me tell you that from experience. But every once in a while, Katie and I will have 
kind of a Mike, how, how am I doing meeting, right? And it, it's not something that I plan, trust me. <laughs> it's not something I plan, but every once in a while we'll have one of those meetings where it's, hey, Mike, let me talk to you about how you're doing as a dad right now. Let me talk to you about how you're doing as a husband right now, okay? And uh, a while back, we kind of had to have one of those meetings because a, a few months ago, if you remember, um, uh, I, well, let me say this. I consider myself, I would consider myself a pretty driven person and as I'm doing that, I can kind of get tunnel vision, working on the things that I love to work on, especially when it comes to the river, because I love this place. I love seeing how God's changing lives in this place. I love seeing what he's doing. And so I can just get tunnel vision, thinking about it, focusing on it. And a few uh, weeks back when we started the fight series, um, if you guys remember the fight series, we started the fight series. I was out of town right before we started that series for about four or five days, visiting another church, learning from their leadership and doing things like that. I flew back, got back in town about 11 o'clock that night, walked in, didn't even see Katie. She was like passed out in the bed already. Um, she was asleep. Um, and then the next morning I got up, I'm gone from eight in the morning to 11 o'clock at night on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of that week. And this was like two weeks of this stuff going on as we're getting ready. We were filming stuff, getting ready for the series and just working, going and going and going. And then about Friday of that week, Katie came to me and she said, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to have one of those, how are we doing Conversations. And essentially what she said to me is, Mike, I know that you love the church, but your family needs to see you. Your family needs to see you. I'd basically been gone for like two weeks. And what I would say is I'm doing the rocks thing here. Oh, look, there's some space. See, there's a lot of space right there. I could have filled that in. As I'm doing the rock series, I would have said that family is a huge priority for me. Matter of fact, I would say that it's my second biggest priority outside of my relationship with Jesus. But in that month, it sure didn't feel like that to my family, did it? I could say all I want over and over and over that my family is this huge, big priority. It's ne next to Jesus. Nothing else matters more to me than my family, my family, my family, my family. But in that month, what I'm trying to say to my point to you this morning is that what you put first in your life, the thing that you spend your time on, this thing that you spend your energy on, what you truly put first is that big rock in your life communicates a lot to the people around you. It communicates priority to God and the people around you. I could say with my lips all I want that my family was important, but I sure wasn't communicating that with my actions, and sometimes, some days, we just need to step back, and we need to take inventory and ask ourselves, what am I communicating with the way I spend my time, with the way I spend my money, with the way I spend my energy, what these big rocks actually are, what these big rocks actually are. Revelation 2, 2 through 4, Jesus is talking to one of the churches, and he says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. You also possess endurance and have tolerated many things because of my name, and you have not grown weary. They're doing great. They're doing awesome stuff, right? You have not grown weary. You're doing work. You're doing good. And he says, but, verse 4, he says, but one thing I have against you, you have abandoned the love that you had First, and here we have Jesus talking to this church in Revelation. What he's telling them is you're doing great. You're doing a good job. You're working on good things, but I have one problem with you. I've got one issue with you. And he says, you've abandoned your first love. And essentially what Jesus is saying to this church is that you're doing a lot of great stuff, but one thing you've done, which is the most important thing, is you've moved me down the list of priorities. 
You've abandoned that love from you got so caught up in the good work. You've got so caught up in all these things that you're doing that are great things that you've forgotten to be in love with me. Somewhere they got lost. God sees what we put first in our lives. And what I would tell you this morning, River Church, is that he loves you too much to allow you to keep him anywhere else but first in your life. Why? Because what you place first in your life, the biggest rock of your life, communicates priority. The second thing I would say this morning is that order, the way we order our lives, impacts everything else in our lives. Let me say it this way. Whatever you put first in your life will become the organizational principle that governs the rest of the things in your life. Whatever you put first in your life will become the organizational principle that governs the rest of the things in your life. There will be a direct impact in your life on everything based on what you put first. What you make those big rocks. Whatever you make these big rocks truly in your life will determine everything else in your life. Anybody in here ever had to write a a paper for school? You know what I'm talking about? I was awful at those. I was so bad. I was a terrible student, just so you guys know. Like, C's get degrees was my motto, right? Aren't you happy that I'm the guy up here teaching? Like, (laughs) uh, I've gotten better. It got better. So what's the first thing that they tell you to do? What's the first thing your teacher tells you to do when you write a paper? Anybody know? That's not what I was going with, but that was a good one. Those are some good ones. Um, Somebody said it. Draft. An outline. The first thing they tell you to do after you brainstorm is write an outline of what you're going to say. Why? Because whatever you put on that outline, those key points, those key principles will govern and decide what is left in the paper. It will decide everything else that happens in that paper. Like when I first started teaching and preaching, I hate to tell you guys this, y'all are lucky. I never did an outline. I never did. I would like just take verses and just go. Like I just start writing stuff and I would just somehow end up with a sermon and they were really bad sermons. (laughs) They were really bad. Some of you guys are like, really? I'd hate to see that. (laughs) And then after a while, I started doing these these outlines. Like I would would just kind of figure out where I ended up and just get somewhere. But then now I kind of, I take a verse or take the ideas that that are going to be communicated and I outline the key principles. I outline what the scripture is trying to say, right? And then I fill in the rest later. Like I literally, the first day when I'm doing sermon prep is I develop that big outline. What are the key principles? What are the key takeaways from the scriptures? And then I spend the rest of the week filling in the rest. Why do I do that? Because the outline determines the rest. Those big rocks determine the rest of the story. And what you put first in your life, whether intentionally or unintentionally, will determine what happens in the rest of your life. It will determine the way that you live the rest of your life. And I, and I, want, you to, I want you to see this principle. I want you to understand this principle. And so I'm going to give you another example. And this example is talking about money. I'm not talking about money here, I'm not, I, but I want you to see the principle behind it. Okay, I want you to see the principle behind it. Proverbs 3, 6 through 10. He says, think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you on the right paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Check this out in eight. And this will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. That's, that's good stuff right there. Verse nine says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with, with first produce of your entire harvest. And then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow 
with new wine. What he's saying right here, what God is telling these people here in Proverbs is that I want your first. I want your first produce. I want your first of your resources, of your time. I want your first. And he says, I don't want the leftovers. He's saying, I don't want, oh yeah, I'll do whatever I want and then just give you whatever's left. He says, I want the first produce of the harvest. And if you notice there, he's not even like, hey, you should just be a generous person. We should be. We want to be a generous church. But he doesn't say, I just want you to be generous. He says, I want to be first in your life. And he, you see the principle there. He says, give me your first and I will determine the rest. Give me your first, and I will determine the rest. Why? Because order matters. The way we order our lives matters to God. It communicates priority. God, you are my priority. God, you are first in my life. And then what you put first will directly impact the rest. That's you saying, God, I trust you to give you my first because I trust that you will impact the rest and that you will take care of me. So why don't we always live this way, man? Like, why is it that whenever we look at the rocks, my life, I mean, I'm talking to me here, my own life so often looks like the other jar. Not empty, but piled up real high. Why why is it that that's, why do we do that, right? I think for many of us, the first thing we have to do if we want to fix this in our own lives is we have, must come face to face with that reality or else we'll never get it right. Like my fear for us is that we're going to just keep going and going and going and going and just doing and doing and doing and you feel deep in your soul something's out of whack. Like you feel deep in your soul. You're like, I know it's not quite right. I know I got some priorities kind of, kind of messed up here and you, but you're just going to keep going and going and you never slow down long enough to get it right. I'm afraid you're just going to keep going and then you're going to be like that. We talked about the beginning snip. It's over. What did I do? I was just running and I don't even know what I lived for, man. And so this week, my challenge for you is going to be this. My challenge is going to be for you to sit down, stop, rest, and figure it out. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, you got to get cerebral. <laughs> you got to get up in here, man. You got to think it through. You got to slow down. You got to spend some time with Jesus. And you got to talk to him about the big rocks in your life. Psalm 90, 12, that verse we keep going back to says this, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. And then the last verse of that psalm is Psalm ninety seventeen, and it says this, let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. So at the end of this, let the favor of the, our, the Lord our God be on us and establish the work of our hands. And then he repeats that and establish the work of our hands. Essentially what he's saying is as you seek this out, as you try to do this in your life, go to him and let him be the one to direct that for you. And as you do this, because I trust you're going to do this this week, go through and as you're thinking this through, God, what is this going to look like for me? Let's reprioritize. Let's reestablish what's going on in my life. I want to challenge you to do this. Decide once and for all who and what is going to be first in your life? Who and what once and for all is going to be first in your life? What is the thing? What is going to be the guiding principle that directs everything else in my life? What is that going to be for me? And I'm telling you, 
God won't settle for second. He won't settle for anything else but being the guiding principle that directs your life because what you put first will determine the rest. And let me tell you, man, when Jesus is first, he will radically impact everything else in your life. He will impact the way you think. He will impact the way you see people. He will impact the way you, like the way you live, man. It's just going to be different because, man, Jesus is radical. Like as a church, I mean, it, it affects Jesus being the guiding principle of the river church affects everything that we do, right? Because we're not chasing after our own goals, our own dreams. We're trying to chase after what he wants, what we believe his design is for our church, what he would want for our church. And so because of that, we, that's why as a church, we give away 10% of every, everything that comes in tithes and offering. We give it away. Why? Because we believe that God wants to bless people with, with our resources. So we try to just be a generous church, right? We want to give away our first fruits. That's why here at the elementary school, that's why we, we try to mentor kids here at the school because when we see brokenness and broken families, we believe that Jesus hates that. And we believe that he wants to heal that. We believe that he wants to fix that. And so we want to be a part of that healing in our community and in this school, this place where we get to meet. That's why we care about people who don't know Jesus at the River Church. That's why we, our core, one of our core values is to be constantly looking for and finding and trying to seek out people who don't have a relationship with Jesus so that we can hopefully let them see Jesus in a new light that makes him attractive to them, that they would come and see him and that they would come and taste and see that the Lord is good, that he would radically change and impact their lives. That's why we care about people who are broken because we believe that God is the healer. That's why we care about the disenfranchised because we believe that Jesus cares about the disenfranchised. That's why we do everything we do as a church, because we want to be lined up with Jesus. And when we do that, it will impact every area of the way that we operate as a church. Because order matters. Because what we put first as a church will communicate priority. And what we put first as a church will determine and impact the rest. And so what I want to challenge you to do this week is to spend some time refocusing and reordering thinking through the big rocks of your life, and you say, okay, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it. No, I want you to write it down. So my challenge for you this week is to develop your own personal mission statement. Sounds like fun. Develop your own personal mission statement. What are my big rocks? What are my big rocks? Joshua says it this way in Joshua 24, 15. He kind of gives his own family mission statement. He says, if it doesn't please you to worship Yahweh, Yahweh is another word for God in the Old Testament. Choose for yourself today the one you will worship. The gods your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River are the gods of the Amorites and whose land you are living. But he says, as for me and my family, we will worship Yahweh or we will worship the Lord. Joshua's family mission statement was, you can serve whoever you want, but our family's mission is we're serving Jesus. We're serving God. The river's mission statement, we say we want to glorify God by helping people know God, by helping people find freedom from sin, by helping people find purpose, by helping people make a difference in the world around them. That's our, those are our big rocks as a church. I've even been working on my own kind of mission statement, and it's kind of personal, but I'll share it with you anyways. What I've been working through is I, I said, what I want for me is I want that me and my family that we would serve Jesus that I will love my family deeply and that I would sacrifice myself for them. 
that I will love others deeply, especially people who don't have a relationship with Jesus and will do whatever I can to make them see, to help them see Jesus in my life. I will choose to live for the eternal rather than the finite. And that I will live to see life as the adventure and gift that it is. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. What might yours look like if you were to set down this week? What might those big rocks be for you? I'll, I'll give you the first one, man. It's Jesus. You can fill in the rest there. And I'll end with this and I'll be done. Maybe as I'm talking about God being the big rock of your life, you're thinking, man, God's never, if I'm honest, never even been a rock in my life. Not even really one of these pebbles. I would encourage you today to take some time, talk to him, ask him to save your soul, give your life to him, make him the foundational piece of your life. Father, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the big rocks of life. They make life fun. And God, thank you for the little rocks of life. They add a lot of spice to this world. And God, I pray that for all of us in here that that you would always be that foundational element, that foundational piece of our life, that you would impact the rest and that we would choose to put you in that place because you'll do it for us, but, but we're the only ones that can put you in first place. We have to choose that. And so today I pray that we'll choose that in our hearts. And I pray that if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you or have a relationship with you, God, that they would give their life to you today, that they would say today, God, I'm broken and I need you. And I pray that you would save their soul and that they would experience life like they never had before. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.